You're listening to Item 13, an African food podcast, and I'm your host, Yom Tego. Every other week, we'll delve into the world of African food, including chefs, curators, and bloggers. Here's the show. Hi, everyone, and Happy New Year. And I think it's still, I still can say Happy New Year. We're not too far into February yet. Um, Happy New Year. I don't know about you, and I think I mentioned it in a, in a Instagram post um, recently, but I just feel like I've been stuck in 2019 for the last few weeks. Um, the year has felt like it's brought a lot of unfinished business, and uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but the hecticness <laughs> of being in a crowd over the holidays also meant like having to fully reset when I came back to Seattle. Um, Speaking of Accra, so as many of you know, if you follow on Instagram, hint, hint, follow on Instagram, um, being home for the year of return was interesting, to say the least. Um, For those that don't know, the year of return is, or is or was, I don't know, now it's beyond the return, but the year of return specifically in 2019 um, was a tourism initiative of the Ghana government um, in conjunction with some other high-profile Ghanaians in the diaspora, um, where there were a series of events throughout the year, but it culminated in a December of just prolific parties, parties everywhere, concerts and other programming that was meant to celebrate the 400, 400th <laughs> anniversary of the slave trade and I guess one of the goals was to create ties between or stronger ties between Ghana the diaspora and the African-American community um I honestly again as I may have mentioned a few times was not really keen on going for a variety of reasons um but I had originally planned to be home for a friend's wedding and then a food project I'm working on in Accra so while it wasn't in my plans um I ended up getting caught up in the the hoopla of it of it all Uh, it was also a great chance to catch up with friends from the diaspora you know everybody scattered around the world so it was good to see everyone back at home some of whom I hadn't seen in years um, but it also raised, like, it's just being at home and seeing all of the different year of return programming, events, all of that, raised a lot of interesting questions about the relationship between Africans on the continent, those in the diaspora, first and second gen Africans, African Americans, and just on and on and on. Um, I think that it's easy to simplify, oversimplify sometimes and say, oh, we're all black people. Um, but recognizing the nuances and the differences in each group, I think, I personally think will do more in terms of creating unity versus um, division as we think about the overall collective uh, black experience, global black experience. Anyway. So that was that. I got back to Seattle. Um, it's a gloomy weather, which just I think is also part of why 2020 has just been hard to come into. I saw somewhere that said Seattle hasn't had 
a day of sun or a sunny day since like November 30th. So it's just been really gloomy. Not, I mean, it's been raining a lot, but it's more gloomy than rain. That's just made everybody feel, or at least me feel kind of just blah. Um, but I got back to so an email inviting me to be uh, a keynote speaker at a, a food conference in, in North Carolina here in the States. Um, and so I spent the time leading up to the conference really simultaneously like freaking out because I literally had a week and a half. Um, but then also spending that time sort of preparing for the keynote um, address. And I mean, it was it was a good thing in that it sort of forced me to get out of my slump um, as I worked to put the speech together. Right. So I couldn't huddle up and <laughs> sit at home just feeling sorry for myself. I had to put in the work if I was going to make a good showing at, at the conference. Um so I knew I was going to be speaking to a primarily American audience. And I think which is part of what was making me nervous because I really, my, I think my expertise or what I know best is like the African food space. Um, but while I knew I was going to be speaking to this audience, I really wanted to tie in what they could learn from an African food um, ecosystem perspective. So everything from traditional farming methods, farm to table experiences at day markets in Accra, um, to being the OGs, as I call, call us sometimes, of upcycling and recycling when it comes to the food value chain. Um, I also spoke about what else did I speak about. I also spoke about the fact that, oh yeah, we have a lot of uh, foods and ingredients that are naturally vegan, gluten-free, like fornia, for example, that could be harnessed to fit food trends that are happening in the West, like around healthy eating or allergy management. And I think there were a lot of people in the audience, some who had never heard of fornia, so there are a lot of questions about fornia and moringa, for example. Um, I also made it personal just by sharing my personal food journey, how I came into food, um, pretty much to how I ended up on their stage that day. Uh, like I said, I was nervous about whether or not it was for the right audience, but and if it resonates with them, right? Um, but at the end of the day, I got incredibly, incredibly positive feedback. Like I, that I was, that I was shocked by myself. To be, to be very honest, um, just feedback both in person. Like people came up to me afterwards during, like throughout the whole day, because I, I had the speech in the morning, and I decided to stay for the rest of the conference. And just throughout the day, so many people came up to me in different situations. And then I got emails and messages after the fact, just about how well my message resonated with them and how that perspective was important as they look at their own local food economy to look into places, to look at places or in places that they otherwise wouldn't consider for some of the solutions to to challenges in their food system. Um, so it was great. And for me, it was one of my first major lessons of the year that is to speak my truth and to also trust trust my gut um so that was that i like i said i spent the rest of the day there i learned a lot actually about the importance of agriculture to the economy of north carolina i didn't know to be honest i didn't know that at all and also north carolina's importance in feeding the rest of the u.s um there were also like really 
interesting panels on alternative proteins and the culture of food, which I found to be the most insightful, actually. I was very happy <laughs> to hear um, that researchers and scientists have some of the same concerns that I do um, about, excuse me, about alternative proteins in particular, which to me are ultra-processed foods, which I'm trying to get away from and may just not be the best for you. As people move to, like, I guess I could call them restrictive diets for whatever moral or health or ethical reasons, I think we also need to consider the impact on a holistically healthy diet. And if if um, alternative, like, lab-processed food is really what's best for our bodies um because whether you go and i'm not knocking anybody's diet whether you go vegan or keto or whatever i personally think that we are meant to have um balanced diets and everything in moderation and so as you think about that there was a dietitian actually on one of the panels who made a very good point about uh supplementing um vitamins especially for people on certain restrictive i shouldn't call them restrictive but certain lifestyle diets uh just to make sure that they're getting the balance of the vitamins they need from other sources because there's been an increasing um rate of certain effects of diseases and conditions that um she she specifically spoke about the vegan diet um not knocking it but she said that just to be aware of the potential impact on long-term health anyway it was a good experience overall met some good people and actually was I was surprised by my husband on stage after my speech actually I don't think I mentioned that um the long story which I can share with with whoever when I meet you in person but I was surprised by my husband on stage which which was which was a great way to to sort of culminate that day and then I also had a chance to meet some African foodies so when I travel I like to figure out who who is in the city that I'm in and take the opportunity to to connect um, so I reached out to Ade of Dunu Cuisine, who is based in Raleigh in North Carolina. And she graciously invited me into her home and prepared like this amazing spread, amazing spread of a cheque, grilled chicken, grilled okra, kelly willy, which is like a spicy fried plantain, and then a fresh like salad. Um, we share this meal over wine with her friend Moses, who also happened to be there, um, who's a Kenyan, also happened to be a Kenyan restaurateur, owns, uh, I think, I looked it up, Palace International, also in, in Raleigh or Durham, I'm not sure, uh, but you can look it up, um, and so what I thought would be, like, a quick meet-up dinner ended up just being a whole night affair, we just talked and laughed and connected, um, I felt like we became instant friends, at least I did, <laughs> felt like we became instant friends and it just reminded me of how strong of a culture we have, especially when, when, when food is involved. Um, so I just want to take the chance to, to, to say thank you to Ade and to Moses, especially if they're listening. Um, that was certainly a meal for the ages. Um, I will not forget your hospitality, your friendship for welcoming me into your home. And like we had some really good conversations, uh, just mirroring some threads and 
topics that we've covered on the podcast about, you know, sharing African food with the world, perceptions. I, it was just it was just a really good, like, laid back, fun, fun night. Um, so that was great. That was a good way to, to kick off the year. Um, when I look back <laughs> on 2019, 2019 was just, uh, I was glad the year was over. I mean, I started out having, uh, crazy big ambitions. Like I, some of you will remember the taste of, the taste of Utajal on tour. Um, that happened. <laughs> and then, uh, I quit my full-time banking job. Uh, with no, I shouldn't say, with no clear plan, I should say that, with no clear plan for what's next, except just knowing that I wanted to commit to being more into the food space, and I just needed the time and the mental space to figure out what that looked like. Um, and if I had to be completely honest, too, I was just extremely burned out. Like, I'd, it's had been five plus years of constant traveling um, for a highly demanding job and when I mean it can look glamorous on the outside but when you're traveling for work on a consistent basis and moving countries and it was just like I I, I needed the break um, but while technically I was on break I still got uh, involved in in, in, a, in a few food projects which took up a significant amount of my time and so there was the the New York innovation event, which I posted about and shared, so I won't go into details on that. Um, there was also the food catalyst sessions, which I did in Amsterdam, and I was on a panel for where I talked about um, Africa. I, I mentioned that a little bit in my interview with um, with Ronnie. So basically, it was the Africa representative on these food catalyst sessions in in Amsterdam in uh, October last year and then i went on to accra like i mentioned uh to work on a collaborative food project so it's it's not all been mimosas and beaches i've 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 actually spent my time off on my sabbatical um doing quite a bit um but but in all of that in all of that activity i've come to gain extreme clarity um on what i want to do next versus not, which I think is important. Knowing knowing what not to do, I think is, is just as important as knowing what, what it is that you want to do. And I've just found that to be extremely helpful, especially as I see, <laughs> it's hard not to, but as I see others claiming like early wins in, in, in this new year, it's just hard not to compare. But I think with, um, with gaining clarity, with clarity, there's a certain level of um, I guess I'd call it tunnel vision that has happened that's making it easier for me to focus on my, my own journey. I believe, uh, I know, or um, I should state categorically that 2020 is probably the year that I will fully embrace that I'm a food person. I think I've just sort of tiptoed into it. Like I've had my, always had my full-time job and then doing like food stuff <laughs> on the side. Um, I don't know if I, I mean, some people call me an entrepreneur. I don't know if I can call myself that quite yet. I'm, I'm definitely something, <laughs> um, but I'm just going to be more deliberate about uh, pursuing opportunities to learn more, to learn more about the industry. Um, so trying to participate more in like conferences like the FoodCon that I attended, uh, and just reading a lot, like I subscribe to a lot of newsletters, so I read quite a bit on what's going on and try to think about it through the lens of the African food economy. 
And then we'll also think about, based on what I'm learning, how I can contribute with my with my unique skill set uh, while making some coins, hopefully. <laughs> so um, it's trying to be able to balance all of that, like my interests, my skills, and being able to, to make a living somehow. Um, so in terms of plans for the year, uh, first one or first one that comes to mind is I'm working with, uh, in Seattle, the Food Innovation Network, which is a uh, local organization here whose mission is to enhance the local food system. So do it through increasing access to healthy food, um, supporting resource and idea sharing um, within the diverse, certainly the diverse community that is South Seattle, um, which I've found to be more diverse than the rest of Seattle. And so I'm excited to work with them. I will be hosting a special series for the podcast where I will highlight the stories of entrepreneurs in, in the food net, in the food innovation networks uh, incubator. So it's Finn, Finn for short. So I, so I stopped saying food innovation network, Finn. Um, so the entrepreneurs come primarily from immigrants and refugee communities. Um, and Finn helps them within the incubator through business coaching, uh, a peer network. They are supported in getting permits, kitchen rent, subsidized kitchen rent, um, marketing channels. And part of why I'm helping them is that they're raising money for a new food hall that will allow them to scale the incubator program and just provide more resources for these entrepreneurs, which uh, quite a few of them are African immigrants. Uh, I, I will include a link to the program if you'd like to support uh, their fundraising efforts. And then I will start airing my entrepreneur interviews um, probably next month. I'm starting the interviews this month. And so we'll probably start airing them next month. And the way I'll do it is I'll air the African entrepreneurs on the official Item 13 um, podcast. And then those other for the other immigrants, I will um, they will be posted on the Fin Network's website so that people can access uh, them there. Um, what else is happening in twenty twenty? Oh yeah, this this elusive Accra project I've been talking about that's happening. I can't share full details yet. Um, I expect to be able to do that sometime probably early in the spring. I will also be launching a newsletter this year. I haven't decided yet if it's going to be quarterly or monthly. Ideally, it would be quarterly and it would be good and robust. But I want to include um, food events that are happening around the world. But it will probably be more US-centric. But I want to include food events that are happening around the world. And that tends to be more time-sensitive. So I'm still deciding. Um, but it would also include news um features of people maybe i will even i don't know uh transcribe some of the podcast episodes for for the newsletter who knows but if you have any news events features that you'd like to be included in the first edition please message me um yom at essence 13 or just dm me on on instagram uh item 13 podcast at item 13 podcast so that's gonna happen um 
I'm sure some of you remember last year I took part in the inaugural Afros and Audio Festival in Brooklyn, a podcast festival um, last summer for creatives of color. And this year I'm honored to be part of the planning team that will help shape the agenda for the two-day festival. So more to come on that, but I'm excited to sort of be... Uh, part of the team that's going to put this together and see how it comes to life. So for those who've been asking me when I'm coming back to New York, definitely this summer, um, unless something brings me back before th- before then. Um, lastly, I'm also thinking about, which is linked to a long-term plan, but I'm thinking about putting together a marketplace event in New York in September, like around the UN General Assembly, sort of similar to the innovation event we had um, last year. Um, but just thinking of, more, of a more robust marketplace that, that um, what's the right word, includes more entrepreneurs. Uh, there's a variety of um, goods and services that can be shared. Um, let's see. Let's see how that goes. So those are the top few things I'm working on that I, I can share. So Food Innovation Network, the podcast series to come, the Accra project, the newsletter, um, being part of Afros and Audio uh, Festival in, in New York, and then a potential marketplace in the fall also in New York. Um, I'm just, I think after kicking off the hill with MBA Food Con, I'm just in a better place now. I'm really excited about this year and what it holds um for the things planned and unplanned as you know life kind of takes on its own um life can surprise you sometimes so you cannot plan for certain things and like like the like the keynote speech thing so um let's see what happens i'm excited regardless um and then next time on the podcast i should give you a teaser i'm excited to have Aiden Haggis of Black Foodie. Um, if you're based in Toronto in Canada, you will you will have heard of her. Uh, we talk about Black food experiences in the diaspora, specifically dive into Ethiopian food culture, and then her big plans for her food media platform, which is Black Foodie. I hope you tune in for that show, which is the, the in two weeks. Uh, and if you haven't yet, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast or wherever else you listen. I've gotten some questions on how to do this on, on Android players like Google. I still haven't figured this out. I haven't had the time to look into it to figure it out. Um, so I'll look into it and then I'll share on Instagram so that if that's your jam, then you can go on to those Android players and let us know how much you love us. Um... To wrap up, I mean, I think if we've learned anything from Prince Harry and Meghan's moves, um, the unfortunate, the tragic death of Kobe and Gigi and all those that, you know, died in that horrific helicopter crash, um, all just a few weeks into the new year, you know, I think, you know, the lesson for me at least is that we owe it to ourselves to, to live a life that is authentic, that's full that's fierce and lived without apology and and that's my wish for you in in this new year and in this new decade uh, until next time thank you for listening to item 13 an african food podcast if you like the show please subscribe rate and review us on your favorite podcast app to keep up to date follow us on instagram facebook and twitter at item 13 podcast thank you